What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? I got a call from my really good friend, Matthew Berry. And he said, hey, I got this guy uh, that I think you'd like to talk to. His name's Glenn Gonzalez. And I said, time out. Is this the dude that you wrote about that flies the jets and was like a lieutenant colonel in the, in the Air Force? He said, yeah. I said, I read your article. He goes, I think you two would get along. You should talk to him. I said, bring him on, baby. And here we are. <laughs> Mr. Glenn Gonzalez uh, was rereading about you today. Um, you've had a journey where you went to the Air Force, dedicated so much of your life, flew the fastest, uh, the most incredible planes that exist, got into kind of private jets, looked around and said, I don't see any people of color owning anything in this industry. Jumped in full force, started off with what, one plane and two employees? Yeah, yeah, one airplane, and, two employees. And then now where are you guys at? Uh, we're up to 10 airplanes. We're in two countries. We'll have our third country here in a, in a month. Um, well, well, at least uh, continents, I should say, North America, Canada, and Europe, uh, where our business is established in India, as well as in Singapore. And uh, things are growing quickly. We're, we're super excited about the opportunity before us. You played college ball, basketball, and I, I feel like a lot, you love sports. Like I can tell, like it's like pumping through your veins. Like you even made a face <laughs> right there. Um, well, you know what? I want to start here. I, I do a show with Wade and Shaq. And recently we were talking about, I said, what's the thing that you never get back from being a professional athlete? And Wade said, there's a moment when you leave the tunnel and there's like 25,000 people and they all go nuts just by seeing you. And he goes, you can chase that, but you'll never get that back. Yeah. What is it about flying a fighter plane that you just don't get back? I just want to start there yeah. at the, the peak level of flying. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, flying, flying fighters is an exhilarating experience. It is you are the professional athletes of the sky. Uh, you know, there's no one around the world that performs at a higher level. You know, if you've seen the movie Avatar and you notice how, you know, the, the characters intertwine their tails with the yeah. with the dragons. Well, when you're flying a fighter, you're, you're connecting your G suit to the airplane and the airplane responds as you're pulling more G's. And so you're one in one intertwined with the airplane and, you know, pulling nine G's flying above the speed of sound. And we call, you know, some of that visual maneuvering, we call it the sport of Kings. Uh, it, it's only a very small few people who have the opportunity to compete at that level. And that adrenaline, that rush, that mental, physical, emotional feeling that everything that comes with it, it's all tied in at once. You train hard every day, just like the professional athletes, just like Shaq walking off the uh, court with 25,000 yeah. fans screaming for him. Uh, it, it's the exact same experience, uh, just you don't have the fans cheering for you. Because <laughs> the other side of it is the, the and, and look, I've never flown a plane before. So what is the peak of just flying private or what, what is the, the peak in terms of just being in the air? I always thought it would just kind of be looking around and seeing the clouds. It would almost be meditative. A am I accurate with that? No, it, it's, it's you, your office is different every day. You know, you talk about the New York corner office overlooking Manhattan. It's the same view every day. Uh, yeah. But when you're flying the clouds, the lights, the colors, uh, it's different every single time. And it, it's something that you can't replicate. It was one of the things that I, I really didn't like about flying in that 
if flying fighters, you're the only person in the airplane. There's no one to share it with. Yeah, you have your wingmen, but they don't see it the way you see it. And I'm not eloquent enough to write about it. I don't have yeah. artistic skills where I can paint it. And pictures just don't do it justice. So, you know, it's not something that you get an opportunity to share. So you just relish it and you know, try to demonstrate your appreciation for each experience by giving other things to other people. But man, it, it, it's an unmatched and surreal environment on a, on a daily basis. When's the last time you've been a passenger in a plane? <laughs> um, it's, it's often. I, I spend a okay. lot of time on the road growing the business now. And, um, I, you know, I'm in the back of our airplanes on occasion. Uh, I do still get a chance to fly our airplanes, but more times than not, uh, I, I, it, it kind of, it's about a 60-40 split right now. Or 60 That'd be like if I time. was driving around Jeff Gordon, I feel like the entire time he'd be like, can you get the <laughs> hell out of the wheel? Like, the, like, yeah. like are you, what, what's going through your mind when someone else is flying? You know, I, I, I typically have already checked the weather. I've checked the notams. I've, I've checked all of the same stuff that I normally check. And I'm wondering you know, what kind of experience this person up front might have. Uh, a lot of pilots are younger these days, uh, which is sometimes unnerving. Uh, but, you know, I, I understand that people have been taught uh, how to fly an airplane. And if, if need be, you know, instead of, is there a doctor in the house? Is there a pilot in the house? You know, if I'm a passenger, I could step yeah. in and I'm sure I can land us. <laughs> Uh, I know of, of NFL players, uh, I, th I would say probably Jimmy Graham is the most notable in terms of NFL players that have gotten into flying. Uh, do you see any correlation between athletes and flight in terms of, oh, this is something that once they retire or even while they're playing, they would want to get into? You know, uh, flying is, is one of those things that if you need a, a, a way to get away you need a way to just kind of sharpen that focus and energy again. Uh, flying's the way to do it. It, it. it forces you to stay completely in tune with whatever's going on. Uh, well, mainly because you know the odds of failure yeah, are pretty okay. high, uh, or, or the the consequences of failure are pretty high. Uh, but being able to just zone in and stay focused, and you're always trying to seek perfection. Uh, if you're hand flying an aircraft. Uh, maintaining your altitude perfectly, your airspeed perfectly, it's impossible to do, but you know, the, the better the flight, the, the fewer uh, separations from your airspeed and altitude that you might have. And athletes are just the same. Uh, what I love about that is that's the dilemma, the athlete's dilemma that I've heard is that when you are in full season at a professional level, everything is about getting as close to perfection as possible and it's about having that unwavering focus to stay the path. And I, I feel like that's something that not a lot of us get to experience ever. A lot of us don't even push ourselves to ever come close to that. And so do you almost get done a flight and feel very calm? Like, are you super centered once you leave that cockpit? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, uh, the, the whole experience for me is, um, you know, it, again, it, it's surreal. You, it's kind of like people talk about sailing and you've been on the water for days and you haven't seen land, but you've been navigating, uh, whether it be through the stars. And when you finally get to that destination and you see, you know, some land out on the horizon and you realize that's what I was after. Um, it's a great feeling. And, and it's that same feeling when you land on a new piece of concrete, uh, at an airport that you haven't been to before. Uh, it's the same feeling after you put your heart and soul, uh, on the court, in my case, playing college basketball and walking off the court, knowing I've, I've done everything that I could and, and we won the game. Um, I, I was talking to my fiance recently about what it is like. Uh, 
to go through a profession and then decide, let's reset. I've, I've achieved something and now I would like to go in a different direction. You had that through your pursuits in the Air Force. And then as you go into private, uh, you kind of, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of starting from scratch. Uh, what was that process like to achieve and then have to go and then reintroduce yourself to the world and build up again? How did you handle it? Yeah, you know, my wife and I talk about it all of the time. When, you're, when you know your values, your decisions are easy. And so in my case, when it was time to transition away from the active duty Air Force and uh, step out of the fighter for the last time, uh, it, was, it was a great experience, but now what? Um, and, and I liken it to if you climb a mountain, when you get to the top of that mountain, you look out on the horizon, you feel great about being on top of that mountain, but you see another mountain out there to climb. And uh, you climb back down and you start back up again. You know, life's a spiral in that sense. We all have our dreams. Uh, sometimes we accomplish them, sometimes we don't. But as we're climbing up this spiral, we see a another dream or we accomplish our goal. And then we continue back up and we get onto another spiral. So uh, taking that on for me was more about, uh, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I've dreamed about. Uh, well, I've accomplished it, now what? What do I want to do next? And um, it's one, th one of the things about flying. There are no limits in life. Uh, when you've done some of the things that I've been blessed to do in airplanes and uh, flying upside down and, uh, again, firing missiles from an aircraft uh, above the speed of sound, you, you just, there, there are no limits. There are no boundaries anymore. And you realize, why not me? Let's go do it. Let's try it again. All right, I'm going to get into Jedi, but you brought out like three things there that like piqued my interest. So let me go through them quickly. Number one, when I'm leaving a basketball court, I have to hit the last shot. When you were leaving a fighter, did you have to do something for the last time? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to go above the speed of sound. I knew that. I had to go upside down um, and then I had to pull G's. You just, you don't get an opportunity to do a lot of those things. You can fly acrobatics, but some of these acrobatic airplanes, I mean, you're, you're not going to get the, the force uh, and the fire that you get with flying a fighter. So um, those are all things that I, I knew I couldn't do all at the same time ever again. Yeah. <laughs> um, second thing, I used to be, my first job, I was a news reporter in Nebraska. And at the start of long range rifle season, uh, the guy was like, hey, you want to you fire one off? And I was like, sure. Me, never having fired a gun in my entire life. And I, it was like a five foot gun and I shot like 400 yards, but I will never forget pulling the trigger and feeling that force and looking at the guy and going, I get it. Like that gave me something. <laughs> what is it like on a fighter to shoot a missile? Like, is yeah. it because in the movies, it's like beep, 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 target acquired. And then it's like, tink. What, but what is it? What does it actually feel like to pull it? Yeah, um, well, you, you have a, a button on your on your stick, uh, and and that's your your missile, if you will. That's your fire. Um, and for for firing a missile, it was the first time it was in a test environment. We we're testing our missiles to make sure that um, that lot of missiles does what it's supposed to do. And uh, you you only Independence get, Day. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Stuck. Ting 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 ting. That's right. This is that's my right. only way of understanding fighter fights. <laughs> Uh, so, so um, you only get so many opportunities to do this during your career. And uh, so when I, when I hit the button, uh, it's supposed to happen instantly. And I kind of 
when I, I say you're in the matrix because everything slowed down. Um, it were, had a very tough shot to take, had to meet certain parameters. We finally got the parameters, get the shoot cue, hit the button. And I look over and I'm expecting the missile to have been gone. We're talking about quarter of a second ish. Um, and the missiles in my mind, it's still there, complete and total temporal distortion. Um, and eventually the missile comes off and it rockets away. Um, and it, the most in amazing thing, um, you know, our, our, I'm proud of our country. I'm proud of our defenses. Um, I, I'd hate to be on the other side. <laughs> mm. So, and it like, so were you like looking at it and then watched it go? Like, was I, I that the watched experience? it go. Uh, yeah. Essentially the, the missile drops off of the airplane while the rocket is firing. And then from there it proceeds forward in, in insane, the amount of force and power and speed, um, you know, look, I, I'm familiar with speed, right? I mean, we're yeah, flying yeah. above the speed of sound. We're flying 500 feet off the deck, just below the speed of sound um, over the Vegas desert. Uh, incredible that that speed, but wow, those missiles are um, pretty, pretty remarkable. And then my third question was, you don't seem like a guy that would be afraid of roller coasters. <laughs> I've no. always loved roller coasters. Okay. Not at all. Um, <laughs> In terms of building a business, I think uh, I'm, I'm 34, I'm going to be 35 in a month. Uh, a lot of people that listen to this are my age or younger. And I think we are in the age of building for yourself and creating a legacy. And uh, uh, to go and do what you've done, what was the moment that you looked at your wife and you went, I think this is going to be a thing? Like I, like I had an idea and I've always believed in it, but this is the moment where I was like, oh, wow, it's actually happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes I still don't have that uh, thought yeah. that it's actually happening. Um, I, I think uh, of the many ideas that I presented her with, I knew it was special when she agreed to it. She's like, okay, nice. I agree with you. Um, and, and so for us, um, what we realized very early on was uh, there was, it, it was the experience of selling airplanes and having the same conversation over and over again. And um, it was a big leap. Uh, I mean, I took my entire life's earnings. My co-founder took his entire life's earnings and, and we bootstrapped this business. We do have an investor behind us, but uh, we grew this business from, uh, you know, typically they say, if you want to earn a, a million dollars in aviation, start with a billion. Well, mm. we hope to, to make that uh, the complete and total opposite. Um, we, we didn't start with the billion dollars or the hundreds of millions of dollars that have been raised by a lot of companies. Um, we've just been growing the business with a smart business plan, with a, uh, a market that's ready for it and a great airplane in the Honda jet. I remember about a month into quarantine, um, wh when I proposed to my fiance, we did it in Anguilla. And when we got back to the bar after I proposed, we ended up meeting this other couple and the guy looks at me and he goes, dude, I'm going to propose this weekend too. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, good luck. Cause I'm done. I'm feeling good. And he tells me that he has a private jet business. And I thought about him when quarantine started because I went, I bet you there's a lot of people that still want to go, but they don't want to go to the airport. And I hit him up and he's like, dude, it's been crazy. What has it been like over this process? Because certain industries took a bath. And other ones suddenly became super viable. Well, what happened yeah. to you over this last year? 
Yeah, it's been exactly the same for us. I mean, we we sold six airplanes or received six new airplanes from Honda Aircraft Company uh, just in the fourth quarter from September, wow. mid-September on um, at the very end of last year. Uh, we, we have been so incredibly busy. We are growing. Uh, we'll double our fleet this year, and that's just here in the U.S. That's not counting uh, the airplanes that we add to Canada and Europe. Um, and so it, it's been a great business to be in. Uh, we've exceeded all of our expected metrics for the year already. Um, and you know, it's going to be a, a busy year for us. It's an opportunity and uh, we've got to continue to execute and succeed. When, what, look, growing up, when I think about private jets, it's like something that I just never think would ever be attainable. But like Barry tells me that it's, you guys are pretty affordable compared to everybody else. How do you tow that line between like, let's, let's, we're not going to go super, super expensive because you, you also need a business, but at the same time, let's make this more approachable. How do you balance that? Yeah, it, it's all about the business model. And, and in a lot of ways, um, I think it's uh, Tony Siba and Gary Pisano. Gary Pisano wrote a, a business school case study on Jetit. And, and in that case study, he talks about our business model as a bit of a disruptor. Um, and the, the pieces that you need for disruption are a leap in technology, a market that's ready for it, and an innovative business model. So for us, that balance or it, it, what we consider practical refinement, um, it's a refined experience. It's a high level of service, uh, but it's practical. If you're a share owner with us, it's $1,600 an hour, and it's your airplane for the day. Uh, as an example, we had one of our owners in New York recently fly from New York. Um, then he flew to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. He had a meeting in Louisville. She left Louisville, went to Evansville, Indiana, had a meeting in Evansville, then went to Indianapolis. The final four or the final game happened to be that night between Baylor and Gonzaga. Uh, and then after that, he went to um, Tennessee, to Nashville. And that was his day. It was less than four hours, less than $5,000 in flight time. And you can't do that anywhere else with mm. any other private aviation company. So it was a great, refined, comfortable, serene experience in a quiet jet, but it was practical in what he had to spend uh, to, to have that day and accomplish as much as he did. One, I, that's not possible on commercial. <laughs> like you can't even do no. that. Two, love Louisville. I lived there for three and a half years. And three, you don't have to be around the airport because what I've learned about going to the airport is you see some of the most odd human beings with the most weird decisions you'll ever see in your life. We are in full mask, double mask visor society. And yet I still got Jane and Paul with their sandals on, clicking their toes together, just out in the open. And you don't have to deal with any of that. That's yeah. the part that excites me the most. That's what excites it me the most. Private experience, you know, it, look, people, if you have the ability, you want to drive your own car, you're not going to ride with other people uh, yeah. to work. And if you can avoid that in the airplanes and at our price point, now you can. So wait, when you were saying before, because now I want to get into kind of business mindset, when you were saying before about a change in technology, is it the ownership model that is the disruptive part? What's the disruptive part? Yeah, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the collection of all three. Um, the Honda Jet it really is an, a leap in technology. I've flown some incredible airplanes. I flew for Gulfstream on the private side. Obviously I flew fighters in the Air Force. Uh, the Honda Jet creates performance, space, uh, quiet, baggage space, you know, things that you don't get in airplanes that size. Mm. Um, the speed that you have in the Honda Jet is equivalent to much larger airplanes. Um, but that, the jet by itself, if I have to buy the whole airplane, 
it just doesn't do the job. That's where Jetic came about is that people were asking, Glenn, I, I love this airplane. It's perfect for my needs. Uh, it's just my wife and I, it's just us and another couple, maybe me and a couple of business partners. Uh, but I, I don't need a whole airplane. Can you help me find a partner? Can you help mm. me find a, a charter company? And so we created the model that has the partners. You don't need to know your partners. You don't need to know where they are in the country. Um, you don't need to know uh, what's happening with the airplane from a charter standpoint, because we give that savings to you up front. Um, and you're just paying 1600 bucks an hour uh, if you're a share owner. Um, and then the last piece of that is, of course, the market has been asking for it. And the pandemic has only accelerated oh, yeah. that interest in, I need to fly by myself. I want to get away from the, you know, Jerry, Jane, and 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 whoever it is that are clicking their toes together with their hair scarves on. Um, can we zoom out to? I always say thirty thousand feet, but now that I'm talking to someone that flies, I don't even know <laughs> where you want to go. Um, how do you see air travel changing in the next 10, 20 years? Not just from the yeah. Jetta perspective, but. Um, as, as our world has gotten smaller, but also with what we're experiencing right now, how do you see the whole you know, airfare or flight changing for, for us for as uh, passengers? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about this often um, in it's just a natural evolution of transportation. If you look at history, people are always looking for a better way to travel, more efficiency, more autonomy. I want to leave when I want to leave. I don't want to have to wait on anyone else. And so we're going to see more of that. That's why private aviation has been growing so quickly uh, during this pandemic. And it's up to us to hold on to that. Um, I, and if I, if I were to step out further, I think you'll first see uh, an electric um, or hydrogen, more environmentally friendly uh, air aircraft uh, for providing those short trips, those regional missions. Um, those shorter trips are, are value to that airplane or that type of aircraft, primarily because um, the speed doesn't hurt you as much. When you're going across the country or from New York to South Florida, speed's of value to you. Uh, but when you're going from the Hamptons to Teterboro or in, in New York City um, or from DC uh, to Woodbridge, you know, it, it, the speed really isn't that big of a deal. So I, I think we'll start to see people sharing rides on more uh, environmentally friendly electric or uh, hydrogen related assets. Mm. Uh, is there anything that you think will, be, will kind of die off when it comes to aviation? What is something that maybe quarantine or COVID has expediated that, oh, this is done, we're, we're moving yeah. past this? Yeah, I would say the service that you have, we recall pre-pandemic on the commercial side, I would say it's gone. Um, and the reason for that is- you know, you're the airlines food, drink, stuff like that? Absolutely. The, the little bag that we get with water, I think is here to stay. Um, and mm. the reason for that is it brings down the cost uh, for the airlines tremendously. Um, and it, they run a, a very tight margin business as it begins. So why go back to having a more elaborate experience? Uh, why go back to having more desk agents? Uh, those things are no longer necessary. So uh, I would expect that the, the service won't come back. Very similar to trains in years past where you had a, a, you know, a Pullman porter walking through and serving you. Well, now if you've had a chance to ride on a train, they check your tickets and that's about it. And yeah, the, yeah. the service is not what it used to be. 
Yeah. I love when people say we're going to get back to normal. And I'm like, listen, for businesses, <laughs> once they make a change, there's no going back. This is yeah. their new protocol. That's right. That's right. What was your one shining moment of your basketball career? Take me back. I want the game. I want the situation. What was the <laughs> shot, the steal, the block? What was the Air Force basketball moment for Glenn Gonzalez? Oh, man. You know, we lost a lot of games. So uh, th those are trying times for sure. It's a lesson in perseverance preparing me for being a, a, a business owner in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, I, I would say, you know, just the experience of, of being a division one athlete uh, playing at Utah. Man, versus... you don't got one play. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know, man. I, I would say it was more so playing against Chauncey Billups in an AAU uh, during the summer league. I think he had just graduated and was about to be drafted. Uh, oh. And I, I don't remember the number of points, but I know he was averaging like 30 something against the, the league. One um, of my and, childhood friends faced Kyrie Irving in high school and he was actually, he didn't know who he was. And so he started chirping him and Kyrie just went off and he said, he'll just never forget the shift. Was there anything about Chauncey's game that you remember from that experience? Uh, you know, the, the, it's the strength. It's the strength. And I was a pretty good athlete and I was strong. I was, uh, had the highest power index on our team. I was pretty fast. Um, but the, the strength of, of guys at that level and, and just the fluidity of their game. Uh, you know, I, again, I was a great athlete, but I wasn't the, the smoothest basketball player. I was, I was fast. And if I could harness it better, it probably wouldn't be, uh, talking to yeah. you in this, this form. Uh, but, um, it, it was just a great experience all around. And, um, you know, I guess there's some of the things outside of, uh, of playing that were most uh, enjoyable for me. Were you the team speech giver? <laughs> I was. Yes. Yeah, I was a team captain my senior year. And, so uh, you were like first you know, team I, all I, defense, I, gave speeches, were running suicides at practice. You're done first. I get the vibe. I see what we were working yeah, with. Yeah. Okay. Hey, man, you got, you got to lead, lead uh, the way and uh, set the example uh, and, and be the first to do it. See, you and me, you know how like wolves, they send one in the front and one in the back. I'm the one at the back. So you yeah. and me would be talking. I'd be, I'm finishing last. <laughs> I'm bringing levity. You know, you barking someone. I'm afterwards like being like, hey, we're coming to my place. We're playing some Madden. So like we would have had a good balance. I could see that. Ab absolutely. I don't know if you uh, knew this, but that's my call sign is wolf. Uh, from my time in the Air Force. So great choice. <laughs> how did you get that? Because you can't give your own nickname, right? No, you cannot. Uh, it, there's a whole story around it and there's got to be 10% true, but um, it, it comes and stems from when you need to call, uh, when you need to kill everybody in the room, you call in the wolf and that's from Pulp Fiction. Um, and it was a scenario where they couldn't hear me. They couldn't talk to me until uh, we were in the airspace, fights on, had a really good day as we're simulating our fights. Uh, and and uh, then we went back home. And as soon as we checked out of the airspace, um, they couldn't talk to me again. So uh, that was the example and the story that was told. And uh, fortunately I had a good day. There's some, and the natural speedy Gonzalez did not fit. So nice. <laughs> I was good. I love that. So I'm just envisioning like a cockpit and there's like two people and they're like, where is he? And then all of a sudden, shoom, wolf is here. Ooh, I like <laughs> it that. was a good day. Yeah. Uh, tell me something about Matthew Berry uh, that I don't know. Because we all know him as like fantasy football guy and he used to work in Hollywood and all that stuff. What's something that you know about him that other people don't know? Yeah, you know, uh, Matthew's a tremendous father. 
Uh, he is very much engaged uh, with his daughters, with his sons. Um, Matthew's just, he, he's a great man and he's thinking about other people all of the time. You know, the whole fantasy football thing, it's just kind of who he is. Let me give to you, you know, what I have, what, I, what expertise I have. Um, and so I, I would say for the people who don't know Matthew and, um, and, and don't have good things to say about him because you lost a, a, in your league for whatever reason, uh, Matthew's a tremendous man and a, a tremendous father and a great person to, to know and befriend. If people want to learn more about Jedit, if they want to see if this is viable for them or any other information, where can I send them? It's, uh, you can go to our website. It's just gojetit.com. That's uh, G-O-J-E-T-I-T.com. Um, or you can just type Jedit, Jedit with a space in between um, uh, in, into Google and we should pop up. And is it only, you keep mentioning East Coast cities. Is that where you guys are mainly operating right now? Or you, you said know, we're, two countries? We're, yeah, we're, we're spread out across the country. We've got people, uh, owners from Washington State uh, to Los Angeles and San Diego, all the way across the country to uh, Miami, up through New York and Maine. Uh, we, we've got people everywhere. We support flights everywhere. This weekend, uh, we're supporting some flights for some athletes uh, setting up. Uh, for a, a big fundraiser down in, in Los Angeles. So a lot of uh, great positive activity that we're moving people everywhere. Okay, that's gonna be my last question. You're gonna experience some people that get onto your flight as you grow and the names are gonna keep getting bigger. I've always said that I've only fanboyed over one person in my life. I've met some big <laughs> stars. I've only fanboyed over Brian Dawkins because that was like my childhood hero. Who would you have a hard time not getting excited about if you were flying and you learned that they were going to be your passenger? Oh man, that's a tough question, Adam. Um, you know, obviously you know, any, uh, any, I mean, listen, you're going to keep it under control. We know you're going to be professional, <laughs> but I'm just curious if you saw the name, you'd call your wife and go, you're not going to believe who's in the back today. Yeah. You know, either of the Obamas would be pretty cool. Um, I'd love to have them on board. Um, if it were an athlete, Gosh, I mean, growing up, Michael Jordan, I know he has his own airplane, but uh, clearly uh, tremendous to experience to have him, you know, watching come fly with me and all of the, uh, the various different uh, elements there. So, um, yeah, I, I think those would be the, the top two. Are you from Chicago? I am not from Chicago. I was going to say I mean, you named Obama and Jordan, so <laughs> that they're both Chicago. Yeah, no, I, I, maybe I should be. Maybe I need to move, move northbound. <laughs> oh man. So, so you're waiting. Who would for it be call. for you other than Dawkins? Um, Obama's definitely up there for me. And I think my other one would be Dave Chappelle yeah. because wow. I, for me, Dave Chappelle is an energy and a force that um, I love, like, like Charles Barkley has become a friend and there's something about people that live so rooted in their truth that everybody just accepts anything that they say because they know that it's coming from, from the real place. And yeah. that I feel like meeting people like that brings that more out in you. So I would love more of that. And also like Chappelle, like there's nobody I quote more than Dave Chappelle. Like that yeah. guy is just the funniest dude ever. Yeah. Oh man, Barack Obama comes on and he walks on your flight and he lets Michelle go on first. And he goes, 
heard a lot about you. Good to see you. Oh man. Oh yeah, man. That's gonna. I will be. Uh, that will be the safest flight I ever fly. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> if that happens, you're not gonna tell anybody. Obviously, I just want like a. I just want like a wolf emoji texted to me. That's what I would. You do. got it. I'll do that. And you know, we we gotta have you on board here soon too. So hell uh, give yeah. Us a call. Let, let's make I'm it down. Go. Glenn Gonzalez, guys, go and check it. Jet it. Just Google it, and you'll it'll pop up. Thank you so much for your time. Keep kicking ass and good luck with everything, bro. Thanks so much, Adam. Pleasure. Awesome, man. Did you have fun? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was All great. Right, yeah, Matthew was exactly right. Yeah, we. Oh, what I, did I he think say? There's a Complete good vibe. douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, great vibe. He he thought there would be a great vibe, and here we are. So, how yeah, old are you, man? Cool. Uh, Forty-three. So now you're just cru- oh. How, so what how old were you when you when you did the transition to uh for jet or from the yeah. air force to jet uh, yeah that was uh two and a half years ago so i was uh just over 40 yeah wow yeah it, it's been a fun ride um it's been a, a ton of work uh you know i i wish i would have mentioned this during the uh recording there but uh the the effort that you put in day in and day out uh, in sports, it's just the same as running your own company. You have to get up and no matter how sore you are, how drained and fatigued you are, you, know, you got to get up and you got to keep going. But because you love the game, uh, because you love the excitement of it, um, you, you jump in there and you, you go do it day in and day out. Process. All about yeah. process. Got to love the process. Yeah. Um, LeBron James, I guess, says that. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Good talking to you, my man. Have a great day. Same here. Thank you, Adam. How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? The guy that I have with me, he wants to talk some poo-poo. Just kidding. It's Juju because we're talking some Charmin. I want the plug right off the bat. You've done seven of these. You're working with Charmin. I want to hear the perfect pitch, man. I want to see why Juju is going to be in the bright lights holding up that toilet roll. What do we got? All right. So basically right here, as you guys can see, we have Charmin. Uh, Basically, a partnership with Charmin is unbelievable. Probably the best deal I've had this offseason, honestly. No cap, no kizzy. Uh, basically, what it means is that Charmin has created this BRB bot, uh, which is an AI of Juju or AI of you, where you can basically use it during meetings while you're streaming, playing video games like myself. I love to stream on Twitch constantly, day in, day out. I love I have full meetings constantly, day in, day out, and pretty much – in order for me to go to the bathroom, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to leave the screen. I definitely don't want to take my phone to the bathroom because Thank people you. do that, and I do not want to do that. So for myself, I will be streaming tomorrow with Nick Merckx, Night Hill, Funk Bomb, a bunch of plays, guys, a bunch of top streamers. And in order for me to go to the bathroom, I'm going to use the AI bot Juju where I set up. Uh, and there's two ways. You can set personal. You can set business. For me, it's always personal. It's always fun. Mm. It's always lit having a great time so tomorrow you'll be able to see that join live first hand first take to every seat of Charmin brb bot and you know what one that was great you nailed it i also <laughs> want to say that if i had to partner with a toilet paper it would be Charmin because i think if we're being honest we all wipe we all know yeah it just feels the best like it really you picked the right one congrats yeah it really does and it, and honestly like dude the product too is unbelievable, like unbelievable product. You know how much money you save on on toilet paper. I don't know if you have kids or not, but the kids, you know, they I don't know what type of person you are, but the kids they don't they like to just keep rolling. I'm like, dude, I'm you're like, so well versed on toilet paper knowledge. I love this. 
Yes, sir. All right. So uh, I have other questions for you. I feel like you are at an interesting spot, bro. So I do a lot of NBA. I've been doing NFL for a long time. And I'm always amazed at NBA players' ability to extend beyond the lines. And you are, in my opinion, one of the leaders of this new school of NFL players crossing that line as well. I know it comes with a lot of bullshit. I know it comes with a lot of old people blowback, the way that you connect with your communities. Kind of looking back to when you got in the league to now, what's the ride been like? Because you've, you've experienced it in a way that I don't think a lot of other people have. Yeah, uh, it's it's been unbelievable, bro. Like, if I tell you, like, personally, like, be honest, like, I've enjoyed it. You know, there's been ups and downs, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're on a road coaster, like, you're going to have ups and downs. But at the, end, at the end of the road coaster, you're like, man, let's go again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that yeah. was like, I wouldn't change anything. Anything I've said in the past, anything I've done in the past, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything because at the end of this ride, like, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm excited. I'm having so much fun. Let's run it back, Turbo. So for myself, it's like, like I said, I, I'm I'm not normal to like most you know NFL players when it comes to you know the whole social media thing when it when it comes to the branding yourself when it comes to you know playing on the field, having fun, having a great time, you know. And I'm doing at a team where you know we're, we're a top two team. You know we compete, you know, in playoffs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. When when you came back uh, to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what, because you went to college and I'm sure you got recruited and all that stuff. What was it like as a pro to go on free agent visits and how is it like the college? Because I, we're, we're, I'm never going to experience that to have yeah. other teams be like, you can make the decision. What was that process like? Very different college. There's no money involved. There's not millions of dollars put on your head mm-hmm. saying, Hey, if I go here, you can get this much money. Uh, but nowadays, you know, the college can sponsor kids, I guess when you, nowadays like you know if you go to this school like i always thought college was paid kids so i'm you know (laughs) uh but in college like you get to choose where you go and there's it's not really much a business decision it's about hey how long can i how how fast can i play we're in an nfl it's like uh how much money can i how much money can i get what i'm worth you know right i'm doing my my free agency was probably it was for me myself was the most stressful free agency i've ever obviously person only but hopefully not my last but it's very stressful because you know you're waiting on it you're waiting you're on the board you know you see other receivers go by and for myself I'm more of a laid-back guy you know like I look at it I'm like hey this free agency I had the best numbers no doubt like easily but for me it was like would I take that much money and play for a certain team um, maybe, maybe not, depending on the situation, because, you know, I look at all the factors where I'm at, marketing-wise, quarterback-wise, who's on my team, who's next to me, who can I learn from, who's the coaches, who's the OC, because that all takes into fact. You can't just be like, oh, damn, I'm getting paid that much money, I'm going to just take it. No, nah, unless it's, like, the only option, then, yeah, I would see that. I can tell with what you were just saying, you were thinking about like the Steelers and the fan base. It's an enormous fan base and it's one that works with the marketing stuff. What did you look at to be like, to look at the other team's fan bases and to be like in what I'm building right now, this either goes with it or not. For me, what I looked at is uh, if I go to Baltimore, my fan base here is going to hate me Mm. regardless if they're like, yeah, I'm a big Steelers fan, but dude, the most disrespectful thing is, Hey, like, I'm James Harrison. Let me go to the Patriots. 
and then like it, it you know it, it kills i'm saying it doesn't kill your career but you know you lose that that strong fan base so like mm. baltimore if i went to went to baltimore like yeah i would have been a, i would have built a whole nother fan base but i think pittsburgh's fan base is so much bigger and it, as far as like you know you're looking at you know your relationship with your coaches i will have to you know play with the new coach um learning a whole new playbook which i don't which i don't mind you know right and like i think what baltimore offered me 14 mil mm. uh you offer you know more like like 13 12 you know on a one-year deal and i took less money because i'm betting on myself for the future and that's just yeah. how I'm- i think it's it's very interesting like i think some people would hear you say that and go why, why are you worried about other people but at the same point like we are in a time where we are building support systems and we have legacy in mind. And you're yes. right. Like you, it would kind of be like hitting restart on the whole thing. I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah, most definitely. And, and think about it. People don't know that the Steelers are top five to have the most cap space next year. Like nobody knows, you know, if I've come back to the Steelers and I ball out, I do what I'm supposed to do, you know, they can be signing for the next four years. And I'm in now I'm in a franchise for nine years. You know, how hard yeah. it is to, Sign a, a third year deal with the Steelers as a wide receiver, let alone sign two. Yeah. Me and Brown and Hines were the only three people to ever do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like people got to look at the bigger picture. And like football, it's like you, you can't just grab money and go because, you know, within four years, like that team can cut you within the second year and they cut you to your third year. You, you might not even make it out of your first year. So it's like in order for you to think about a legacy, you need a great quarterback. You need, you need a, a great OC. You need a great offense, and then people around you. And that's why, 100%. that's why Tom Brady is the best, the best to ever do. It because never once you heard Tom Brady, oh, the highest paid quarterback ever. For me, yeah. I've never heard that. And as a kid, you would think like, dude, this dude's a goat. Like, how come he hasn't been the highest paid quarterback? And it's like he takes a pay cut because so many guys around him are all great. And look what happens. I was talking to somebody recently that knows a lot of these guys and said he was around Brady when Mahomes signed his deal and he saw the money that he left on the table. And he was like, he already gets it. And it's it because we can all eat. You know what I mean? It's just who are you sitting at the table with can kind of determine how much food is coming from the kitchen. Yeah. You know, yes. um, I, I got a question for you. Cause you came in when the, it was like a, it was big Ben, a B all that stuff. What did you learn from AB that you didn't even realize until after he left? Because not thinking about all the drama and stuff that happened, but when you came in, when you look back at it now, what did you learn that you didn't even realize you learned back then? Man, uh, honestly, it was just his work ethic. Mm. Like people always say, like, man, AB is the you know one of the greatest receivers, and in his time, you know, for the past like those years where he went thousand yards, hundred catches, like with Big Ben, like. It was I, you, things you see behind the scene, you know, mm. constant working out, you know, at the facility, you know, like at home, like, and that's where I was just like, man, I want to get there, you know, and I pushed, I pushed so hard, you know, to be, you know, top tier with him. And like my second year, it was a year he had a thousand catches. He had, he had a hundred catches. I had a hundred catches. He had a thousand yards. I had a thousand yards. You know, he had more touchdowns than me, but you know, I was still, you know, I was growing to get to where he was at and still, and still trying to get there, you know, mm. um, by far, like number wise and on the field stuff, like it's it's something that you know I strive to be. And it's something that could be used in more than just football, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're or, in streaming and like 
the guys that normally do the best, they are the ones that are on all the time, responding all the time and are just, it is a grind in anything that you do, but to be great for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a grind to, 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 you, this is saying this, if, if you can make as much money as you make on the field for marketing, you're doing something good, right? Mm. Far as like off the field stuff, like you, you, you just got to grind. You got to keep going because you only get paid within 17 weeks. And that's if you don't, that's if, that's, that's actually 17, actually 18 weeks now, you get paid for 18 weeks. And then yep. if you don't playoffs, you don't get paid for the playoffs. And if you don't win, you don't get paid for that. So it's like. People don't next, realize the contracts. It's crazy. For seven to eight months, you're, like, you're literally living off of your earnings, which you made. And it's mm. like, how are you going to eat? How do you want to eat? I got one last question for you. I don't want to go over. Thanks again to Charmin. Check it out. They got the, the avatars and, and, and Juju's going to be out there kicking people's asses. Um, you are definitely someone that seems like is always having a big idea. And you're, you don't want to just go and do it. You want to make it big. I, I'm curious, what have you been brainstorming about lately? What worlds? Uh, what what type of ventures and things? What what is actually interesting you? Because you're definitely someone that when you get that focus, you go 100 miles an hour. What has it been lately that's exciting you the most? Um, man, for me, I, I've all this is something that people always ask me all the time: is that me telling a guy if if, if I was to tell someone who's sitting in my shoes right now or someone that's an upcoming young guys in sports, any sports, anything you want to do, um, when you're at your most and most likable, take advantage of everything you can possibly do. Mm. Like now, like I think a lot of times you see people do one-off deal for like 5k, 10. Oh, sorry. It's all good. It's just more I, of me, which is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you see a lot of guys who, um, who are, you know, retired athletes, retired people, you know, you know, they're doing like these one-off deals, doing this, doing that. And it's like, no, set yourself up to be, you know, set for life. You know, I like football only lasts the average years is two and a half years. But for, for me, I'm, I'm willing to play, you know, for another 10 more years. Mm-hmm. And that's that. And then after that, like, what do you have going for you? You know, as far as like business deals, you know, like I'm instead of being a part of my own gaming or I create my own gaming or I have my own, I have my own gaming or as far as like my clerk creating my own clothing line. Like you want to attack things right now get a part of business uh, right now when you're at your highest peak because people love, you now. Mm. now next year, every year they draft the new Juju, they draft the new, uh, you know, draft the new Nigel Harris and draft the new Pat Mahomes. Mm. Like those guys are always coming. Those guys are always taking your spot. So when you're hot right now, you know, grab it, take as much as you can as possible and then grow it out. You know, like don't, it's more of a long-term thing. You want to think of the future than like, Hey, just thinking now. Saying yes to a lot of opportunities and holding it down. And I'm glad you said yes to this Charmin opportunity because it gave us a chance to talk to you. Great talking to you. All right. No problem. Take care. Thank you.